The following is a conversation with KBK's Rockin' Robin Riley with Matt Anderson of the Connecticut County History Center right here on Q Media's On Demand. Matt, thank you for coming in this morning. Thanks, and I really enjoyed our last visit. Um, a little bit of background about myself. When I was a kid, I used to stay up and listen to the radio, and I always wanted to be on radio, so I'd take cassette tapes and I'd record myself in between songs and always would pretend I was on, on the radio. So this has been real exciting to to actually be on the radio. Kind of live out the dream a little bit. We're right. glad to have you because you are a great representative for the Kanabic History Center. And actually, one of the things I appreciate is uh, you you do the, the stuff on Facebook too, right? Quite a few different things. Um, not so much Facebook, but I do the column in the paper. That's the column in the paper. That's what I'm thinking of. Absolutely. And you've been doing that for a number of years. Yeah, um, Amy Treline used to do it, and uh, that was probably back in like 2008 or nine. She moved, and I was in there doing research, and I kind of knew how to run the microfilm, and they asked, you know, can you take this over and do it for the paper? And So that's how that all started. And you basically pick, just for folks, we'll give you a little advertisement here. So you, how do you decide what you want to present? Is it pretty much dated? So, Because I know I've seen where it's like on this, in this week back in, you know, 1859, that kind of stuff. Is that, do you right. draw I'm by date? I'm real dates? confined to what I can choose because it's exactly to that week. It is. Okay, that's how they do it. 100 years ago, 125 years ago. And I just try to find something interesting, and I usually submit multiple articles, and then the paper decides which ones to use. Okay. Well, it's a great system. And I mean, the time it takes and the effort it takes to look into all those things, I, I mean, I tip my hat to you, my dear. And I know it's a passion for you. I know you love history, and uh, that's probably why you're a perfect fit to be on the board. When did you – I know you were kind of coerced. <laughs> that's usually what happens on these 501 501- C3 situations, but how did you end up on the Connecticut County, uh, the History Center board? Really, it just comes down to you're there and, and <laughs> that's what we I mean. need a board member. Are you, are you willing to do it? I did it a number of years ago for a while, took a break. My real interest was, was research. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the board president passed away here last November, uh, they needed somebody to fill, fill a role. I said I'd do it temporarily. So I'd like to invite anyone who has an interest in being on the board. Our next meeting is September 9th, um, 1230. Um, if you, you know, but we also, there's a difference between people that come to the board with all kinds of ideas and people that are willing to put in some action and follow those things through. Right. So we always have a more ideas than you know, <laughs> boots on the ground. Yeah, that happened. You're not alone there. It's not just the History Center. It's people have the best of intentions, let's put it that way, but it's making those things come to fruition a little bit harder to have happen. And one thing that could help would certainly be uh, being able to get a better foundation for funds, let's say. And before we get to that, let's talk a little bit uh, about, you know history. Let's talk about the history of taxes, going back to how that you know, where it started, how it went back and forth, and where we are now. Well, a real generalized, you know, history is, you know, taxes go back to ancient Egypt and Rome. Mm-hmm. And you had um, <laughs> the Roman roads had to be built. And, right. and you, you, so 
these authorities go back, you know, thousands of years. And, and, and America was this nation that was like, we've had enough of this this British faraway power taxing us. There was a tax for this and a tax for that and the, the Stamp Act in 1765. And then you had the, the Tea Act and the Boston Tea Party. So our, our, our nation was really founded on this. We don't want to pay these taxes, but at the same time, the money was going over to Britain. So when the Constitution was founded, it gave the authority to the new government to tax. And the man behind that was really Robert Morris. He was the, originally he financed the Revolutionary War, and he later became the Secretary of Finance. And and he was really the one that had this real estate being a means of funding government idea from the very beginning. And then because of his own real estate holdings, he ended up in debtor's prison after <laughs> paying for the war, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I find the more you learn, the more, you know, interesting things become. <laughs> yes, and it's, and really, as much as we, you know, you hear the word taxing and people automatically have this anti thing, but without what we have for taxes. And yes, there's some things that can be looked at for sure, but without it, we don't have good roads. We don't have some of the things that, as soon as we complain about a road, then, and then it's like, well, we, you know, it costs money to maintain those roads. Well, I don't want to pay more money. I just want my road better. Well, there's a cause and effect. That's just an example. So, and it's kind of the same thing as we go forward to help out the History Center. This has been on the docket before, and I thought by maybe you talking about it today, you can explain the value, what it's going to ultimately cost people on average. Can you give us some of that? So maybe by understanding it better, people will have a different opinion when they go to the polls in November. Right. So what the levy is asking for is 45000 for 10 years each year. And that's primarily for keeping the doors open. We actually need about 53,000 to keep the doors open. And that's not including the maintenance of buildings, the maintenance of artifacts. And and that's really the big thing. These people who started the museum took in donations. They, They moved these buildings onto the 37 acres of property. And there was this idea that this stuff would be upkept and taken care of. Well, there's a cost to all that. Right. I mean... You, you can't just expect all that stuff to take care of itself. You, you got, it, it can't be too humid. It can't be too moist. You know, if, if it's, you're going to get mold or you're going to get dry rod if it's too dry. So, I mean, you have to control without the a maintenance environment. person yeah, or yeah. without um, the volunteers that used to get involved, we have one part-time person with reduced salary and reduced hours just to keep the doors open right now limping along right and funding and and support has weaned over the years and it seems like in general a lack of interest in history yeah and uh, and that's one of the things we're hoping with our discussion and getting this out front more that people will value and realize we don't want to lose this this is the whole foundation of Canaba county we're talking about here and it has such a rich vibrant history i will again tout if you can get paul kilgore's book they have it for sale at the history center 
Um, and it's uh, window in the attic. Is that what it is again? Off the top of your a head, window into the attic. Yes. yes, and I've I've read a portion. I was just talking to Matt off the air here. I haven't got through the whole book yet, but I'm learning more and more. And I'm not a resident. I didn't. I, I am a resident of Canaba County, but I wasn't born here. But it's a fascinating history, and there's so much to learn there. And I would say the majority of Paul's book is all research, and I think you helped him along the way from the History Center, correct? Yeah, I uh, helped them a little bit. Um, actually, Paul went and did a report in college back in the 70s, and he, and he was involved with the, the Historical Society of the History Center before I was even born, and did a report on logging in Canaba County. Really well done, cited, um, interesting. Um, yeah, and I helped find some photos and do a little research. Um, one of the main topics in the book is the original founder of Mora was his his article in the uh, Historical Society Quarterly for the, the state of Minnesota. And the descendants of Myron Kent came to Mora, and I was volunteering at the History Center that day, and I, I gave them a tour of the town that their great-grandfather had founded. How cool is that? And That's they neat. they had discovered some, some material in the attic um, or, the, or, their, or a shed out back, and it led them to research and come back to this town to, to try and see, you know, what it was all about. Connect the dots, right? right? From then to now. And that's, that's what any history center uh, provides in every town or county around our nation. I mean, it's so important. And what you're talking about, uh, as far as the, going back to the tax thing for just a second here, if the average household... What would they ultimately have to pay if they, when this is on the ballot, they say, yes, I want to support the History Center levy going forward. What What's it going to actually cost? Because people care about that. Well, it, it depends on Obviously. property. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I don't know how to equate all. The, the numbers that have been thrown around to me is, is a cup of coffee for the whole year, maybe $10. Um, mm-hmm. And that's annually? Annually. And we're, yeah. we're talking 45000 um, Typical um, low to mid-income salary for jobs out there. Um, and that's to keep, you know, as a 501c3, we're tax exempt. We can take donations. We, we, If anyone has fundraiser ideas, we still need to raise that extra money to preserve these buildings and artifacts and the grounds. And, you know, you'd, you'd hate to see... You know, the emergency measures taken to, um, you know, sell off the property and, and, and how, try to figure out what to do with the artifacts. Um, so, yeah. It's an important piece of history is the History Center itself. And it's been there. Matt, do you know off the top of your head when it was established? I mean, that's probably... Well, it was built, the building, in 78. It was um, 78. It was okay. opened. But the Historical Society itself goes back to the 1930s. And it was founded by a lot of the original founders of Mora, um, like J.C. Pope and uh, C.E. Williams. And actually, Arthur Peterson, um, who was in Washington, D.C., as a, I think he was a secretary of agriculture. And, and he really started with the history of agriculture so there's a real tie-in with the Canaba County Fair on the on the history of agriculture, and that's really what our county was based on after the logging era ended. 
Um, Thank- so th- those guys that started the town wanted to preserve the stories that they had from and, the beginning. And there's some great stories, too. That's why I say Paul's book is just a good example. You can just go in there and read through. And what will we? What would Kanabic County have done without potatoes? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank goodness for potatoes and good ground to grow it after the logging. And the logging industry was so huge here. And the amount of logs uh, sent down and used through the river system is really what put Kaneba County on the map, to be quite honest with you. And that's a little bit I've learned just in, in picking up Paul's book and getting through maybe the first how many chapters. So I invite you to get that book. If you've never been to the History Center um, and you want to find out more, so in Mora, there's signs that will direct you down, but you can take like Forest Avenue, for example, just take it. I'm so good with directions. Uh, Go west on Forest, and it'll take you right down to the History Center. Beautiful grounds there. They have an old caboose that's been there for years and an old schoolhouse. Do you know a little bit how what brought those to the fairgrounds? Well, the uh, I know one of the buildings, I don't know if it was a log cabin, the Webster School was at the fairgrounds for a while, and then it got moved to the, the Historical Society grounds. Um, I know Point I'm, School that was in like the 1990s. They, okay. they brought that there, and the caboose was brought brought in. I I had heard that the road got a little damaged when they were hauling that in. <laughs> There's always a little bit of that kind of history but too. <laughs> both those buildings and the caboose. We're trying to get some painting and restoration done on the caboose, and and the Coin School needs a lot of help and. It would be nice if they could get back. I know when I first moved to Mora back in the, the 90s, actually, they would have kind of a Christmas shop there, and people would bring in a lot of homemade items, everything from pottery to jams to, uh, you know, different things that they make. And, I mean, it was fun to go there and shop at Christmas time to get some of these homemade items. And I'm hoping that that is something that can either continue or be built uh, up even more. Uh, those kind of things are are all great little ways to fundraise as well. Right. You know. Yeah, it would be fun to get, but r- right now we can't do much because the building itself is structurally having the the main support beam collapsed, and we need to deal with. Really, what happened was over COVID, nothing much got done, and. I think in like 2019 or 18, it, it had flooded in there, and there was no power to it, and mold issues developed in that crawl space, and and the, and the city water drainage just sort of runs down that street does, into the yeah. swamp behind it. It's like I want to, you know, brush hog behind the, the the historical society and open it up. There's moisture issues. Sure. You get the sunshine in there. I mean, there's. There's so many things to do, but, you know, when there's a volunteer board and a part-time director, it's hard to get it It's hard to get it done. done. Well, and I really am hopeful. I mean, I know this is one conversation uh, at this moment in time, but if we can keep getting the word out and people start uh, sharing that they're concerned about things going down the road of not keeping them maintained and not doing it. We can bring this back. We can bring it alive, so to speak. And this tax levy is one of the reasons Matt wanted to come on today and just remind folks, and maybe you can come in again before November, huh? And we can chat again. Would you be willing to stop sure, back Sure. I mean, I, I, I just enjoy talking about things I've researched in history in general. 
this tax stuff, levy stuff was never even my cup of tea that I eat, but I'm just sort of thrown into it. So, But at the right. same time, you know, it's it's one of those things that has to happen if we're going to be able to do this, right? right. So if you can help out, that would be awesome. Matt, what's the best way to go about, obviously voting when the time comes would be important, but if folks want more information, obviously go to the Canadian uh, History Center website, that's an option. What's the best phone number, too, if they want to just call, find out hours, how to get in and, and see the History Center? Yeah, the uh, hours right now are reduced. It's Wednesday to Saturday, um, 10 to 4.30, um, Saturday, 10 to 2. And you can call by appointment, too. I know if you did, uh, let's say you had a classroom type thing or whatever, and you wanted to bring folks in, they will do some special things like that by appointment. Right. And for years, I know people have used the space there. There's a kitchen and that, and they could rent it out. That's another way to help support the History Center. If you have a graduation open house, you have a family get-together, this save your home. Go ahead and go there and, and have people meet there. It's a beautiful space to do that. So we just have to start pushing and getting things out outside the box and hopefully people will tap into it and and make sure that this stays open yeah and and i've been i guess i was never a real proponent of of the tax i always thought you know it's like there's got to be existing funds out there to tap into but it just things over the years people get caught up in what's happening now the funds go to the things that are going on and, and it just sort of Sort of like history, it sort of got kind of forgotten over there in the corner of town. Right. That's true. So keep this in mind. I will make a date with Matt. We'll we'll let Ethan get going here with sports in just a second, but we'll plan another plan of attack, so to speak, and have you back in and talk more about the Canabic History Center. Matt Anderson, sound like a plan? Sounds good to me. We'll make it a date. All right. You've been listening to a Q Media Group production.